to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Welcome to the show, family. Family, welcome, welcome. Hey, today's show is all about the big man, offensive lineman. Hey, it's Leon, they got a, my buddy Jethro Franklin used to have a great saying, and it's, every time he says it, I think about you. And what his saying was, nobody loves the big man, but the big man gets much love. Hey, man, that's what the show is all about today, because the offensive linemen, you know, hey, they, don't, they don't get the recognition, they don't get the the praise, and they don't have the stats and all that. They actually tried to create some stats for y'all. Pancakes, knockdowns, stuff like that. And um, But we want to glorify that position. You know, we got two Hall of Famers with us today. The first one, Leon Searcy. All right, guys, now Leon has a, an impeccable resume. He's my personal friend. He's my classmate, my teammate at the University of Miami. He's from Orlando Evans High School. He only played one year of high school football. Now, remember that, family. Leon Searcy only played one year of high school football. He got a scholarship to the University of Miami, and he was actually recruited and signed, okay, by our other Hall of Fame guest, Coach Art Kehoe. We'll get to him in just a second. He played one year of high school football. He went on to be an All-American offensive lineman to the University of Miami. He was drafted the 11th pick of the draft. First round, 11th pick of the draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was an all-pro offensive tackle. And I, I must add, he was a left tackle, which is now considered a skilled position. Okay. Well, let me finish your resume, sir. You, you got you, well, you got a whole lot of stuff going. As I'm sitting here looking at all this yeah, stuff, you know, and I'm writing I, all that stuff down. Man, you you, 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 you did a. Hey, but this show right here, sir, you can gloat. We are gonna gloat for you. Okay. Ain't the right Christian Well, you know, I didn't put tackle. I mean, I guessed um, uh, Mr. Arkeo, the great Arkeo. You know, they kind of forced me my senior year to play left tackle. You know, I guess because I was All-American going into that senior year, I played All-American. I got very comfortable at right tackle. Okay. Uh, so, you know, playing left how very difficult to play left tackle. There's an extreme difference between your sets, your angles, uh, movement off the ball and everything because I had gotten so comfortable playing right tackle, you know, my two years I was at Miami. But um, I was actually drafted by the Steelers to play left guard because they had a left tackle coming up. So I was actually drafted as a left guard, and that's the reason why I went so high in the, in the draft because uh, they had a guy, a veteran guy named Duval Love, that was getting up in age, and they were looking for me to replace him. But I eventually uh, convinced the Steelers to move me to right tackle, and then I went on to have 11 years of prominent, 11 career, you know, 11 years of, of playing pro- uh, professional football, and I loved every minute of it. And you're right. I'm glad you're having this format today because I tell people all the time, I guess, you know, our kids, you know, was essential in my growth at the University of Miami uh, for when um, – you know, when I first got there, I was a puppy. By the time I left, I was a full-grown dog, and I had a lot to do. You know, with Coach Keo and uh, staying on me, uh, 
you know, staying on me in practice, working with me after practice on fundamentals, techniques, feet. Um, I had the aggressiveness about me, uh, but, you know, still, I still I needed to work on um, some specifics with my technique and fundamental. And uh, our guest today, uh, Arkeo, five-time national champion, Arkeo has a lot has a lot to do with my career uh, moving forward. Well, I'll tell you what, not only did they have a lot to do with your career, Leon, he had a lot to do with a lot of careers at the University of Miami when it comes to offensive linemen. And, and that brings me to, to Coach Kehoe. Coach Kehoe, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific, and it's uh, good, to, good to be on this show with you, too. Man, I tell you, I miss you, bro. I miss you all, man. I, tell you, I miss you something scary. I remember those days, those long, long, long nights of meetings and coming home from the, the Nebraska game, and we weren't even allowed to go home. Remember, we had to <laughs> go in there. <laughs> Big search. We had to go in there and watch. We, we got off the airplane, got on the bus, <laughs> went to the HEC, our, our facility, mm-hmm. and had to go in there and grade the film and have the film graded by 7.30 that morning. Now, mind you, we, we, we got back about 4 o'clock. But those were the I days just, that... I just glued again, my eyelids. I glued my <laughs> eyelids up so I looked like I wasn't sleeping. Oh, wow. Hey, but family, my next guest, Coach Art Kehoe, and you've heard Leon talk briefly about him. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's been inducted to the University of Miami Hall of Fame as a coach. He played for the University of Miami. He comes to the University of Miami from Conchahawken, Pennsylvania. I remember we used to stretch and we used to tease him about Conchahawken, how small it is and all that other stuff. But Coach Kehoe is a walking encyclopedia. And he's going to share that knowledge with us today. And we're very blessed to have him. He's coached Thank you. for over 30 years. He's coached a number of first-round draft picks, as I stated earlier. He's considered to be one of the, the best offensive line coaches in the entire country. I know I never forget when we, you guys went out to USC to go visit USC and UCLA, and Coach Coley comes back, and Coach Coley, James Coley, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, was a wide receivers coach now at the University of Georgia. He comes back, and he was like a, a kid in a candy store, and he would just hurry, hurry. You're not going to believe how these guys marveled at Art Kehoe. They actually walked around with him. He had a following. He had an entourage, Big Surf of coaches, high school and college coaches, following him around, following him around the practices at USC and UCLA while they were practicing, trying to get information, feed information or get information from him. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I've been around art pretty much most of my life, just as as you have. We've known him since we were 17, 18 years old. And we, we have him, and sometimes we don't realize the blessings that we have in a guy with his knowledge, experience, and it takes somebody else from somewhere else to make us realize just what we have right here in front of us. And Coach Keogh, I, I just love you to death. I never forget when we when you got the job at the University of Miami and Big Surge, he had he came down, he drove all the way down from Oxford, Mississippi. He was working at Ole Miss at the time. And as soon as Coach Golden told him, hey, look, I want you to come down here and be back with the University of Miami. He get, and Art, I, I, or you can chime in anytime you want to and make sure that the story is correct. But it's correct. So he drove nonstop. The only time he stopped was to get gas from Oxford, Mississippi to Coral Gables, Florida, because that's how much he loved the University of Miami. And when he got there, we were, we were in the recruiting process and... I have been coaching for 12 years. 
recruiting and I've you know, been considered one of the best recruiters in the country, whatever. But I got an opportunity to listen to Coach Art Kehoe on the phone with one of our top recruits and I could not believe it. It was just like I was in kindergarten again and I'm being taught by one of the greatest to ever do it. And Coach Kehoe, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you that, but you taught me so much in just that one conversation that, I, I mean, it helped me tremendously. And it's helping me now. And I'll never forget that. I, I just love you and I thank you for everything that you've ever done for me. But you're one of only, it's probably just you and Myrna that have all five national championship rings. Am I correct, Coach? At the University of Miami? Uh, I don't know. that. that uh, there might be... Uh, Somebody in the equipment room too. I'm not sure. Okay. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's me and Myrna. Yeah, Myrna's something else, isn't she? Oh yeah, Myrna's awesome, man. Myrna's. She was great. She's a dog. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. But Coach Coach Kehoe has all five of the national championship rings. He's got a total of twelve rings, if I'm correct. And I got to tell you this now. We're sitting in the office one day and. I go by Coach Kehoe's office just kind of, you know, just to go feed off of him a little bit. And he's got a bag of rings, a, a plastic Ziploc bag of, of full of rings. And I'm talking about national championship rings, Big East championship rings, a Hall of Fame ring, the whole nine yards in a Ziploc bag. And his lovely wife, Dee, ended up getting him a case, a beautiful case. But we're sitting there and that's just, that was just, that was just art. You know, he's not wanting to go around you know, bragging and boasting about what he's doing. He just loves what he's doing, and he does it. He's, he's a grinder. So, again, family, this is Art, this is Coach Art, Art Kehoe. We call him Arthur Francis Joseph Kehoe III, the greatest offensive line coach in the country. Coach, and our show today is about offensive line, and we want to get into all of that stuff, but I just want to make sure everybody knew who you and both Leon Cersei were and what you mean to me. So we're going to talk about who do you guys think have the best offensive line unit in the National Football League, the, who, who is the best offensive lineman in the National Football League, and actually what it takes to be a great offensive lineman. That's going to round off our first segment. So we're going to start off with you, Lee, Big Sarah. And family, I don't, want to, I, I don't want to say nothing wrong, all right, and I don't want to offend anybody, but Big Sarah is my brother. And I call him Animal. So if you, when you hear me refer to him as Animal, please don't think nothing negative. All right? Big Surf was beast mode before beast mode. So Big Surf, who do you think has the best offensive line unit in the National Football League? Well, you know, me being a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as much as it pains me to say this, it's probably the Dallas Cowboys right now. I think the Dallas wow. Cowboys, when you, when you look at them, you know, their left tackle and Trayon Smith, uh, great young talent. Uh, when you look at their center at Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about perennial all pros. I mean, I think that's the one thing I think that Jerry Jones did right over the last four to five years when he could have drafted Johnny Manziel and other, you know, other um, fly-by-night players that he went after the offensive line. And everybody knows that it starts in the trenches. Your O-line and your D-line is going to be your staple of your team. And if you right. don't have if you don't have guys up front that can get it done, uh, like the Cowboys do, that they don't have the success that they had. So I, the Cowboys are my number one offensive. Mm. 
My second best offensive line is probably Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles. I love the Eagles. You know, the bit of myself and the fact that he's aggressive on, you know, he's aggressive run blocking, pass protecting. He's got good feet. He's got good mobility. He gets to the second level pretty well when he's on double teams and stuff. And I think, well, I don't think I know. I know that they probably had the best two tackles in the league. And they got Lane Johnson, who's the right tackle. So I like they're the best booking, booking, booking uh, tackles in the league. And my third offensive line will have to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, collectively, I I think they get it done collectively. No one really stands out. um, No one really stands out name wise. Uh, but uh, except Pouncey, uh, when he's healthy, I, I think that collectively uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably the more, one of the more versatile offensive lines in the league. And, and I've got a couple of honorable mentions. I think the New England Patriots offensive line don't get enough credit for the, the, their ability to sustain Tom Brady and being healthy. I think the Oakland Raiders as well. Uh, so they will, those would be my honorable mentions. But if I three offensive line close attention to would be the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Steelers. Okay, but we're going to take a break here in just a second, but the Cowboys, now Ezekiel Elliott has a lot to do with the offensive line being as good as what they are. Am I right or wrong? No. I mean, he's no. an amazing, I mean, come on, Big Sir. See, this is the problem that I got. You know, the, the big wrong. man. Oh, listen, first of all, if Ezekiel Elliott was on the, on the Cleveland Browns, he would not have the same success that he had as a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> Oh, man. sets the stage for the running game, the passing game, and everything. You know that. You can't bring me on that show and say Ezekiel Elliott sets the stage. But, but big service. We got to give him his just due. The dude that. We got to give him his just due, but he, he ain't had that offense. He's legit now. He that same success. But see, that's why we're having this show today because we want everybody to know just how important the offensive line is. I don't know if everybody knows that. What you think, Coach Kehoe? Hey, just hold that thought, Coach Kehoe. We're going to take a break. And we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to get Coach Kehoe's top five best offensive line units in the National Football League. Go to break and come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're elk bound and down this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Joining us is Randy Newberg, host of Loopholds Fresh Tracks with Randy Newberg, Steve Nessel, Yamaha's ATV and side by side group marketing manager, Christy Titus, guest host on RMEF Team Elk, and David Allen, the president and CEO of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show big sirs i like that music man that music playing to get my chili hot get my juices flowing but anyway family we're back we're back with uh coach uh, coach art kehoe the greatest offensive line coach in college football history and one of the greatest offensive linemen in college football history and in the pro, pro bowler, all pro, Leon Searcy. Now, Leon, you gave us your top five, and we have a discrepancy between, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys between us because I honestly do believe that Ezekiel Elliott makes their job a lot easier than what it looks like. But that's fine. You're offensive lineman. We're going to give you that. Coach Kehoe. Who are your top five? What is your top five? Who are your top five? What are your top five offensive line units in the National Football League? Well, you know, just talking about something like this early, it's it's, it's a tough thing to to really to really uh, say who the best is. You know, you, usually the best goes along with Super Bowls or the number one rushing offense or passing offense. You know, because that's like you said earlier in the program, that's how offensive linemen, offensive linemen rely on team statistics for their own personal glory, you know. And and uh, and, and, and but I would agree with with uh, Leon what he was saying. I I think the Cowboys and, and that you know that guy Tron and their whole group is and and the head, the coaches do the two offensive line coaches do a great job with that line, and uh, I really like them a lot. And you know they back it up with. Both their passing and running stats, and I like the Steelers too. And uh, you know, I'm more—I I might knock the New England up a little higher because I think they get kind of underrated. Like everybody just thinks, you know, New England just—you know, what, whatever, however they win, what they how they win. But but I guarantee you that offensive line and uh, and Dante Scarnecchia, their line coach, is is one of the best coaches in the in the game. Uh, you know they're and they're 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 multi-talented. You know they can they can do whatever you want to do. They can get big and bang you, and they can spread it out and and throw it all over the joint too. And uh, and and you know Brady's been hit and hurt a couple times, but for his longer career as he's had, his protection has been nothing less than stellar. So I put them up there, and uh, and then you got to look at uh, uh, Pittsburgh is good, and you know I I got to work out the last year with the I got to work out the Pouncey brothers, the twins. You know, mm-hmm. Marquise plays for Pittsburgh, and and, and Marcus for uh, for the Dolphins, and man, those guys are long and pretty. And I I coach I tried to get them in high school for at Lakeland, and they're terrific players, and they're smart, and they're leaders, and we're just fun to fun to be around and. Uh, but I'd say that Pittsburgh is definitely one of them, and uh, I don't agree Bay's line. I think uh, you know they they always 
are a team that, because of the weathering stuff, you know, they have to rely on, on running the football. They keep it one-dimensional. and So they've always had, you know, pretty tough backs that pound away, and, and they move the ball enough to, to – to help let their quarterback do just the great things that he does, so that's why I go with I go for Green Bay and and uh, New England, and um, I like Baltimore too, and and uh, and and and, uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, and then and then the Raiders. You know, you remember John Feliciano, right? He's he's out there oh, yeah. playing with the with the Raiders, and and he's not a starter, but he plays some and. Does a good job, but he he thinks that their coach and who used to be with the uh, who's that big tall guy, Leon? He used to be with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he does a great job with the Raiders too. Uh, uh, he's like he, he was an ex player, good good coach, and, and but the Raiders do a good job, and they have and they have a really nice unit too. So uh, you know that, they would be my top five. Okay, that's not a bad top five, but I'm gonna give you my top five. I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. I had an opportunity to work with them firsthand. Went out there and did the um, Bill Walsh Minority Internship Program with them. And I tell you what, just being around those guys, their passion for the game, their love, their football intelligence, they all got high football IQs. And like you said, John Feliciano is one of our guys. So I got to go with my guy. And I got to go with the team that gave me the greatest opportunity to come out there and hang out and learn from some of the best coaches and best players in the game. So I'm going to go with the, with the Oakland Raiders. We had four guys make the Pro Bowl last year. See, that says a lot. Four offensive linemen making the Pro Bowl says, I mean, that speaks volumes. Even if you know, the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that, that speaks. And then, now, if we don't lose Derek Carr, there's a good chance we're in the Super Bowl. And a lot has to do with, with those big guys in the, in the trenches. Now, we lost Derek Carr, and, you know, things didn't go so well for us after that. But... When Derek Carr was playing, man, I tell you what, we were forced to be reckoned with. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to be doing this year. Uh, like I said, I'm a Raider fan. I'm, a, I'm in the closet Cowboy fan. But, and again, I like the Raiders. I like what they're doing. I like what Jack Del Rio's doing. And I'm a Ken Norton Jr. fan. You know, you, you grow up watching Ken Norton, the boxer, and, you know, you're watching him, and your dad loves all those guys, Ken Norton and Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston and all those guys. So when I actually got a chance to go out there, Big Surf, and meet Ken Norton Jr., and you, you, we, we all played around the same time, so you heard a lot about him. He's out on the West Coast, but you know he was a great, he was a tremendous player. Then he went to the Cowboys, and and that just, you know, that allowed me to get a chance to really watch him and see him, and then to actually go out there and and be a part of what they were doing as a coaching staff. Big Surf, man, that that was to watch him, his entire presentation. The relationships that he has with his players, how he comes to, to work every day with a ball of, of, of energy and passion. Man, I'm like, wow. If I didn't learn anything else, I learned that. Coming to work well, every day, same guy every day. And I'll tell you what, that guy's going to be a head coach someday soon. And I'm telling you right here, you heard it first. On the get down with Hurley Brown, Ken Norton Jr. will be a head coach in the National Football League. I give him two, three years, max. What were you going to say, Big Surf? 
Well, no, I was going to say, well, you had the relationship with him as a coach. I couldn't stand him because I had to play against him as a player. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, you know, personally as a coach, but you know, I had to go up against him in his days as a Forty Nine and as a Cowboy. Uh, but uh, always intense, always, always intense. Very small, always lined the guys up, and um, yeah, uh, I remember Kid knowing very well, especially in the Super Bowl that we lost, lost to him right. against the Cowboys, and. Uh, you know, I still have nightmares about that Super Bowl, those two interceptions by Neil O'Donnell. I, oh, wow. I, I get over it, but uh, it doesn't matter where I go. You know, I go to uh, some speaking engagements and events where the Steelers fans are or whatever, and every time I go there, they always talk about that Super Bowl and Neil O'Donnell, the interceptions. And, um, you know, um, it was unfortunate that we lost the game, but you had uh, Ken Norton is a phenomenal, was a phenomenal linebacker while he was playing, and it's just great to see that he transitioned you know, from being a great player and to be a great coach because, you know, that's, that's not always easy to do. Yeah, and, you know, he reminds me a lot of Coach Barrow, Mike Barrow, the the, line, the, the all-world linebacker that we played with. As a matter of fact, when um, when I got a chance to go out there and, and spend some time with him in Oakland, every day I looked at him like, wow. It, it just looks so similar to Mike and his presentation, the whole nine yards. Now, Jethro Franklin is my guy, and I got to give you know props to Jethro. And he called in last week, and he and Ken Norton have a great working relationship. They have you know they're actually real good friends outside of the workplace, and you know it was just great to be able to see them working together and Rod Woodson and all those other guys. But we um. You know, it's all about the big man, so we're going to keep it on the big man. We got off on a tangent right there. We're going to get back, you know, like I said, what, what does Jethro say? Nobody loves the big man, but the big man gets much love. Now, so let's get back to not just the units, but who, Leon, who do you think is the best offensive lineman right now in the National Football League? Uh, you know, it's funny you ask that. And it is, like Coach Keogh said, it's hard to really assess who's the best offensive lineman. Because mm-hmm. everything we do is, is contingent upon four of the guys working together for a common goal. Um, so, but you know, but when you, but, you know, I was telling Coach, you know, me being a tackle and every, you know, when I'm watching film or I'm watching the game, my eyes are directly on the left and the right tackle, what they're doing, what they're feeding, their fundamentals, how quick they get on their stance, how effectively are they using their hands, their feet, are they sitting back, head and shoulders back, and that stuff. And I was telling Coach that, you know, I'm pretty much old school, you know. Uh, you know, I don't get into, like, these you know these Twitter babies now. You know, everything now is push-button. <laughs> Everything's about the biggest and latest trend. And I'm going to go a little old school on you. Uh, I'm going to go Joe Thomas. Now, he's on the whole okay. team. The Cleveland Browns are just god-awful. They're a god-awful team. But the one thing that has been the staple of that team for the last 12, 13 years is Joe Thomas. Wow. He's never out of position. Got great feet. He's got great hands. He's got good base. Um, he's fundamentally sound. And if you beat him on a on a pass play or protection, uh, you earned it because big kid out of Wisconsin. Uh, I think I think Joe Thomas may be like six seven, six eight, maybe about three twenty. He's got great feet, uh, great punch. Is always at the correct angle. Um, and, he's, and he's physical, run ball, run protection, and pass protection. And, you know, ever since he's been there with the Browns, um, he's gone to the Pro Bowl. And that says a lot about a team that hasn't been, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns have not been uh, 
you know, recognizable. Man, and just say it. The they they haven't done time. they haven't done well at all. But no, they got a couple of our players now. They got David and Joe, who they, who they drafted in the first round. Then they got Duke Johnson. And I actually saw something the other day saying that Duke Johnson and, and Coach Keel, you're going to get a you know, chuck a lot of this. But they're saying that they may make Duke Johnson their starting slot receiver. Coach Keel, you remember how he used to practice and he used to go take go down there and run routes with the receivers. Oh, he's a, he's an unbelievable route runner. And, and, and he'll drive people nuts in that slot because – you know, he's going to create space in Wentworth, and he's tough enough to catch it and tuck it and turn it and do all those things that, that uh, you know, give you the five, six yards and you got second and three, you know, and you make first out. He'll be good. Yeah, he's, he's a nice one, too. If you don't get early him down, out. he's going downtown on you, you know? Early, early I ain't going to lie, I cringed when, the, when they drafted him. I, I, I really did. <laughs> I, I, I cringed. I'm for real. Cause you know, the oh, Browns are known for, listen, Cleveland Browns, and it's not a shot on them, but it's just the Cleveland Browns are known where careers have gone, have gone and died. And I, I had a profound love and respect for Duke Johnson, and when they drafted him, I said, oh, my God. I, I, you know, hopefully, they, you know, he can help turn that thing around, but I, I know how exciting – it was to be in that sta- stadium and Duke break a long one in the fans. Oh, yeah. Screaming, Duke. Duke. That was, just, that was just, I love that when he got drafted. Yeah, but, by hey, on that note, we got, we got to take yeah, a break. But, but and, Coach, um, Coach Keogh. One thing, Curly. Yep. One thing. Go ahead. Leon, you got to remember, the Cleveland Indians broke broke through last year and the Cleveland That's Cavs true. did. So the Browns got to come, man. Okay. Oh, on that oh, note, oh, we're going to oh, take a break. <laughs> Yeah, we're all praying for that one. But I wish Duke Johnson and David Njoku the best of luck, and I hope the, the Cleveland Browns do turn around. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And when we come back, Coach Keogh, we're going to get your best offensive lineman in the National Football League. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we're back, family. We're back talking about the big man. And why is that? Because nobody loves a big man, but the big man gets much love. We got Coach Kehoe, Art Kehoe from the University of Miami, longtime offensive line coach, coaching over 30 years, a Hall of Fame coach, and Leon Searcy is also in the Hall of Fame at the University of Miami. And we've been talking about the big man, the big offensive lineman. Now, Leon, you told us who you thought your best offensive lineman was. Now, Coach Kehoe, we're going to give you the same opportunity to tell us who your best offensive lineman is. Well, I, I like the big fellow from uh, Dallas Cowboys. You know, like like Leon was talking about, I thought, you know, I'm just I'm just looking at the TV here, and they got the other tackle, Leon Leal Collins, just signed a two year, fifteen point five million extension with the Cowboys, and he's pretty good too. Mm. I was watching they were showing some clips of him, but but that guy Joe Thomas, I me, I, I think I know he's a Cleveland Brown, and you know they ain't winning or whatever, but but you watch Joe Thomas, and he he could pull. He can he, he can block people on screens in the open spaces, and he's like you. See, he was. I remember when he got recruited. He was a. Well, I was recruiting him. He was he was a, uh, a Wisconsin kid, but he was getting recruited as a tight end, and he came in there as a freshman as a tight end, and they moved him, you know, to uh, offensive lineman. And those guys tend to end up being terrific, you know, long term ventures. You know, guys that move. Move with their 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 big tight ends and they become tackles and now you got a real athletic guy and that's what happened with him and I, I like them guys and this as you know there's you know anybody on any of those 32 teams in the NFL that's playing left tackle you know there's a reason they're on the left side because because most quarterbacks are right-handed and, and they're going to get hit in the back if they're if they're if that guy gets beaten that's why they get paid a lot right so. You know, and it's tough, and they're going to put the best rushers on you there, too. Exactly. But I like those two guys. Okay, cool. All right, hey, let's switch gears a little bit. We've, we don't have a whole lot of time left in this show, but I wanted to talk to you, Leon, especially about these comments that Richard Sherman just made. You know, that it came out that Richard Sherman said something about his, his relationship with Russell Wilson, or lack thereof. You know, and what he stated was, you know, we have a working relationship. When we come into the locker room, we get along great. But I guess he said he didn't go home with him or something like that. They never get together outside of the locker room. So what I wanted you to do is let the audience know what what's the big deal of them not being friends outside of the workplace? Is that is that is that because I remember when we were at the University of Miami. When we got in the locker room, we were we were close. But when we left that locker room, 
I mean, if, if we didn't do the same things and we didn't have the same things in common and stuff like that, we may not see each other until it was time to go back to the practice field. And I don't think that that's, that's an issue. I, I, I know they made a big issue and they're talking about yeah. it, but is that, is that a real issue in the National Football League? No, you know what? You know what it is? There's much to do about nothing, to be quite honest with you, because it's, it's, a, it's a work environment. It's no different than any other corporation, the people that you work with. You're not going to get along with everybody. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, you're at a business and you've got to work together. Everybody's got the same common goal, want to win, want to go to the Super Bowl, win a championship. But when you get when you leave that environment, you know, we all have clicks. We all have little nicks. You know, have little clicks that, you know, we hang out with. You know, right. usually O-line stay with O-line, DB stay with DB, receivers with receivers. And some guys in there you have, you know, profound relationships with where you might talk to or might go to the beer, go to the bar and have a beer with. But there's other guys you don't, you don't really want to deal with that much, you know. I mean, even when we was at Miami, I mean, everybody didn't get along with everybody. I mean, we called ourselves right. family, and we, we called ourselves family because that we knew when we came in that locker room, whatever gripes or grievances that you may have had with, uh, with each other, when you got in that locker room, it was all about that one goal. It was about winning a national championship. The same thing at the professional level. Richard Sherman has a professional uh, uh, relationship with um, Russell Wilson, and that's fine. Everybody doesn't have to get along. I mean, everybody doesn't have to hold hands and say kumbaya. Exactly. You know, to get things to happen, but you know, any any stripe or any uh, uh, you know any stripe that you may have off the field. Once you get in that locker room, once you get on that field, all that stuff's behind you. You got your focus on football, and it's fine that if you you know guys in that locker room, if you don't get along with it, so be it. Just keep it moving on. I just I think that they just because it's Richard Sherman. Because he has no filter, because he speaks his mind, because he says what's on his mind, I think they're making a big blow up of it. And because Russell Wilson comes across as being uh, rather not timid but quiet, uh, they're almost making it like Richard is the bully and Russell is the the timid uh, deer in headlights. So right. I, I, I just think that I just think it's, I just think that it's being blown out of proportion. Coach Keogh, you got any thoughts on that? Well, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, and, I, and I want to get a viewpoint on this, but don't you think, and, and you know, I've had a few head coaches I've worked for in my lifetime. Don't you think sometimes, Leon and, and early, that these that head coaches and assistant coaches, jerks like me, try to, you know, try to, to create, that team environment or push that team too much stuff, you know, I, I'm like, I'm agreeing with Leon, man, to me, to, it, 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 it's inevitable. And it's not just it's any team or any organization is like that. You, you together, talk about the importance of team when you play and practice and, and bonded and stuff. You don't want to try and, create bond that isn't there. You just want to, it's going to happen or it's going to happen, but you just want to know that when I'm sitting looking you know, at another offensive lineman or tight end or somebody right on my team, I wouldn't know they got my back. And exactly. that's what I always felt was going on in my end. That's, that, that coaches, the players, we had, we had each other's backs. That, that you could mess with, you could mess with other things and other people, but not with us. Right. 
you could not mess with us and get away with it because because you were going to have to fight all of us. And and right. and that's what I always thought. And I thought we got that because we competed so hard against each other, and and it, and it happened as a result. And there might have been friction and fights which come with that, but but that's all right. Get them broke up fast, and then just learn learn to. Wait until Saturday, and then let's get it on and see who's going to win this. Because we had the best team, we were going to scrap together. You know? Exactly. That's, that's my view. And to me, all that team bonding stuff—you you, got to be careful about doing it too much. You know, it's—it's it's just kind of. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I remember, um, you know, Eric Flowers. I remember going through that with Eric and you and I used to sit there and talk to Eric every day and you met with him every week about meeting with the offensive line and stuff like that. And Eric just, and again, it goes back to what you just said. It has to happen naturally. You can't force people to be close friends outside of the workplace. You, you can create all the team bonding stuff that you want, but remember it's, it's a team. It doesn't necessarily mean that hey, when we leave the locker room that we should go home and, like Leon said, sing Kumbaya, go to dinner and stuff yeah. together like that. That the University of Miami was a little bit unique because the offensive line, they started a tradition of the unity dinner, and we took it and embraced it and allowed our kids to do it. But a lot of times those kids wanted to go out and, and do their own thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love their teammates. It just means that they have something that they would rather do or some, somebody that they'd rather do it with than their particular unit or position. And that's, that's, that's not a problem. I, I know Rich, Richard Sherman is a professional. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. But if him and Russell Wilson don't go to dinner together, it's no big deal. So I, I agree with you, Leon. I didn't think it was a big deal. But, you know, I just wanted to, our family, our audience, to hear it from an all-pro, you know, what, what it's really like in the locker room and what's needed in the locker room in order to be successful. When we were at the University of Miami, we were family, and we still are. And then we can go into stories, you know, about some of the stuff that we do together, even now, what, 25 years later, that, you know, it, it's probably not normal. Well, I, not probably, it's not normal. You know, you're talking about relationships that have lasted over 25, some 30 years. And it's simply because of the love that we had for each other while we were at the University of Miami. Not only did we love each other, but we loved each other because of the competition that we, that we had amongst each other, and we wanted each one of us to succeed. And, and that was the biggest thing that, that I remember. I mean, even like today, you know, I can call anybody. I'll never forget Gerard Daphnis drove across the country. And in every major city, Gerard was stopped, and we had somebody living in that city, and he was welcome to come to their homes. Gerard came and saw me in Lafayette, Louisiana. And again, simply because we were hurricanes, canes for life, Gerard was able to, to go across the country and visit with every former hurricane that he can come in contact with. And I thought that was special. But for Richard Sherman, for them to make a big deal about this deal with Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson, nah, that's, that's, that gives us something else to talk about. It's no big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think Russell makes it a big deal. As a matter of fact, I'm sure he doesn't. But in order for you to have that, the love and the passion 
for your teammates, like you said, Coach Keo, it has to, we need to allow it to happen naturally. We can't force exactly. it. And we saw we saw it with, with Eric Flowers. Well, we were trying to force Eric to be a, a great teammate and to go out with his unity. I mean, go out with his unit. See, he was kind of shy, you know, and so he came off as being like like you indifferent to people but it took a while to, to break out of that. You know what they're gonna come after everybody. That's oh, yeah. just the way it is. And you know, and, and again hindsight is twenty twenty, but Eric Flowers ended up being a first round draft choice draft choice and he's starting right now for the New York Giants. And what we were trying to fight with him to force him to go be a part of the unit, to go to the unity dinners and stuff like that. And again, I'm not saying it was right, wrong, or indifferent, but this guy had a plan. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he didn't care. And he he came and he performed, Leon. I mean, he came out every week and performed. And again, give credit where credit is due. Coach Art Kehoe, again, he coached him to be another first-round draft choice as an offensive lineman. So that's another one that goes on the Coach Keogh's belt. He's got you. He's got a whole bunch of other guys. And as a matter of fact, Coach, when we, when we come back from this break, I want you to tell us a few of those guys that you coached that, that got drafted in, that, in the first round to the National Football League. Some of those great offensive linemen. I can say right, right now, Early, that Leon's in the top 200. <laughs> hey, but we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get those, those other 199 that you got. The best offensive lineman at the University of Miami that were drafted in the first round by, and coached by Coach Art Keel. We'll take a break and we'll come right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is 
The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we're back with Coach Kehoe. Coach Kehoe, we were just talking about um, the, the comments with uh, Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson. And just let's just go back to that just for a second, because Leon made a made a great point when we were on break. So, Leon, let's let's talk about that a little bit more so we can hopefully we can touch well, somebody and teach somebody and they can learn from this conversation. Well, well, the point I was bringing up was the reason why people are making such an issue about, you know, Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman's relationship is because, you know, there's that there's this invisible line that's drawn in the sand when it comes to quarterbacks during games, because usually when quarterbacks struggle during the games, you know, there's a no-no to go up to them and, you know, and say things about them, and, you know, because, they, you know, they're, they're very fragile when it comes to their performance, uh, you know, on the football field. And, you, you know, with offensive alignment, if a guy's struggling, you know, we're, we're on that guy. If a DB's struggling, we're on that guy. Running back. If, but when it comes to the quarterback, normally people are kind of standoffish. And the reason why I guess they're making such an issue about Richard Sherman, Russell, Mer- Russell Wilson, is that Richard Sherman has, has been on the sideline. He's been seen as combative because he's a very emotional guy. And, you know, and then, you know, he's been very combative when it comes to Russell Wilson and his performance on the field. And I guess that's the reason why they're questioning their relationship. They've had a daunting relationship because he's shown on the field that, you know, when he's when Russell Wilson is struggling and not getting it done, um, he's saying something about it. So I think that's the reason why they're making this such an issue when it comes to Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman's relationship. Okay. And that's the biggest thing. The quarterback position is, is so – I mean, it's – if you don't have a quarterback, you, you can't win. I mean, it's so critical to the success of a football team that you, know, you, you can't do that. But, you know, again, I'm assuming that that's why they're making a big stick out of it. And, and Richard Sherman, to me, he's one of the most competitive players in the game. I love to watch him. I love to watch him play. And I just don't think that it, it was such a big deal with, with, with what they were trying to say, his relationship off the field. You know, they didn't have a relationship. You know, that, but to me, that's no big deal. But Richard has to learn that just because he's your teammate doesn't necessarily mean that you can go attack him on the football field. I mean, he's a grown man, too. Now, he wants to win, too. And I know when we were at the University of Miami, and to me, that, that was probably the, the greatest time of my life to learn not only from the coaches but also the players they taught me how to be a football player they taught me how to compete they taught me how to conduct myself on and off the football field which was you know again we teach that leon you coach at fiu we teach that to our kids now that's what we were we were raised on on how to do that we had some great teachers tober bain michael Irvin, benny blades you know bubba mcdowell all these guys you know randy shannon Randy was, was, was one of the, the locker room guys that embraced all the young men, and he helped raise us and taught us how to be Miami Hurricanes. But Richard Sherman has to also know and understand that, hey, look, man, you know, there, there's a way to get to your quarterback without being negative. And that's what, what those guys taught us. I never forget Rod Carter coming to my room late at night and telling me, hey, look, man, you know, I appreciate your, your passion and your, you know, you being competitive. But... 
that's not the way to get it done. This is how you get it done. And that meant a lot to me. Now, when guys would yell at you and stuff like that, man, you just kind of, you, you, you zone them out. You don't want to hear all that. Man, I'm out here giving it everything I got, and you yelling at me like that? Really? What about the times you screw up? And those are some of the things that we were able to do as coaches. We were able to bring, especially when I was coaching at Miami, one of the things that we did and I thought was very productive was after a game, we had the entire defense in there and we would show the defense the good place and the bad place so everybody could see it. And everybody got an opportunity to to see what you did good, but also what you did bad and what you needed to work on. So when you're sitting there and you're going back to the locker room, you're going to your room, oh, coaches don't like me. That. Man, ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Look, man, I saw what you did on film. You need to get that corrected, and then we'll worry about what the coaches are saying. So these are, again, you know, just wanted to hit on that a little bit with Richard Sherman, you know, and, and I'm sure they're going to work it out. You know, I, I think um, – I got anything. Hold on, hold on. I'm losing you here right here. Hold on. But Mike Barrow and all those guys, Mike knows and understands what's going on. Coaches out there, to me, those are the guys that have to get that group back together and get all this media stuff out of there, get the locker room closed up and make sure that, you know, we don't we don't let any water in. Water, what, water causes sunken, sunken ships, okay? But anyway... Leon, we, we got four minutes till we get out of here. And what I want to do is make sure that everybody knows about your book, what you're doing with yourself, you know, a first round draft draft choice, the 11th pick of the draft, you know, 20 years later. What is Leon Cersei doing right now? Oh, well, um, well, my book is finished. My book is all biography of myself growing up, high school recruiting, recruiting trips, University of Miami, college, pro, my highs, my lows, my pitfalls, my rise back. Uh, the name of the book is called Fourth Down and Damn, a lineman story. Damn is, Damn is actually an acronym, acronym for, uh, it was, my book initially was called Diary of Athletes, Memoirs, and Notes. But then I wanted to add the component of football to it. So the book is called Fourth Down and Damn. I've actually got my agent uh, talking to a couple of publishing companies uh, that are interested in um, publishing the book. So hopefully I can get that out there sometime this year. I was going to self-publish it, but then when I found out how much money I had to come out of pocket, I figured I would just get somebody else to publish it for me. Uh, my other project that I'm working on, actually Coach Keel is going to be in this project. I actually talked to Coach Keel about a month ago. I got another project called The Art of the Block. But the Art of the Block is, is a, it's a combination of like Lyman stories, on the field, off the field, training, weight room, games, playoffs, Super Bowl, Hall of Fame induction, and uh, I've got like uh, I got a plethora of guys, pretty prominent names that say they will be involved in the book. I mean, I've got Jonathan Ogden, I got Willie Rolfe, I've got uh, Richmond Webb, I've got Dwight Stevenson, I got Damani Dawson, Lomas Brown, Brian McKinney, Vernon Carey, Tony Baselli, myself. I mean, those are the key. Those are the key guys. It's going to just be more about. It's not going to just be about those guys. It's going to be about coaches' stories. I know Coach Keogh has got some stories, offensive line stories. I talked to Coach Smith. Greg Smith, he, he said he would do it as well. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be a combination of like um, at least 30 to 40 just lineman stories about everything about being an offensive lineman. And uh, I've got some um, publishing companies that are interested in that one as well. And then I've got um, 
you know, I've got a company, I've got a sports apparel line for offensive linemen called Real Men Block. Where okay. It, it, it specializes in products and services for offensive linemen. Right now, it's just t- it's just hats, it's just hats and t-shirts right now. But I'm getting all the components for offensive linemen: dry fit, girdles, socks, shoes, cleats, gloves, elbow sleeves, knee sleeves, eye patches. I've got, uh, I've got I'm talking to some people though about energy shot, energy drink. I've got okay. nutritional. I got nutrition. Man, got you're doing a lot. We ain't got enough time for well, the rest of the show to, to do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Man. I'm glad I asked. I can't wait. To, I can't wait. I can't wait to get that book, Coach Kehoe. Hey, real this, quick. Is all this available at Costco? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Hey, and again, it's all about the big man. Nobody loves a big man, but the big man gets much love. Appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Had a great time with you. Coach Keogh, love you. Hope to see you soon. Big Sirs, can't wait for the book. Get an autographed copy. And, hey, Absolutely. as a matter of fact, Sirs, you're supposed to come over. We're supposed to have a cigar together. I'm waiting on you. Get on okay. over here. Right. I'm 45 minutes away from you. Let's get together. Until right, next time. Thanks for having me on. Got it, brother. Thanks for having you got me it. on. Thanks, Coach Keogh. Both guys, you're the best. I love you. Love you, too. Love you, too. And that's the show for today, people. If you stick around, Ray Ellis is coming on in the next hour. He'll be on here in a few minutes. Stick around and listen to him. Ray's a great guy, played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got a great show for you coming up. Can't wait to, can't wait to hear it. Anyway, that's it for me to get down with Hurley Brown. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.